Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Butter Leads Podcast, and today I'm with Connor Rodich. How you doing, man? Doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We're talking about the importance of having an integrator in your business, and this topic has been coming up on a lot of conversations recently because I see a pattern with roofing companies that go further than $5 million. and that pattern is... Drum roll, please. Having an integrator in your business and having a mindset a little bit around that. Um, so Connor, before we get started, we'll talk all about integrators and how to stay on the same page and common problems between visionaries and integrators. But before we get into that, give the folks a little bit of a background of your experience with roofing and, and you know the, the, why they should listen to this conversation. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, my, I think what the offering from my perspective, that's unique uh, outside of some other uh, guys that maybe talk through some integrator ideas with you is that my integration is not just specific to the trades business or to roofing or solar or anything like that. I uh, actually have the background of corporate America and, and some of the unique things that come from corporate, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad, uh, but the good in it is that you usually see that structure you see a lot of those rapid growth methods. You see um, the ability to be able to kind of get it from the, I worked in some tech businesses. So, you know, some of that being cash injected and seeing that type of growth versus bootstrap growth and what that looks like. And so um, I think the uniqueness of, of, you know, I guess to kind of sell you on, on why you should listen in on this type of podcast is being able to kind of get the vantage point understanding from something that's not necessarily native to the industry and something that uh, comes from the outside that is uh, providing a unique perspective and a unique methodology that you could use in, in the roofing and solar industry, whatever trades uh, that you're in currently. And so that's where my, uh, my background from the roofing side, I had a roofing company for a little over a year and a half, um, did pretty well with it, uh, but then ended up becoming the president of roofing.com uh, through some events that unfolded and extremely grateful for that. Um, more recently, just got back into the roofing and solar space, doing some additional consulting as well. But um, through my journey and just kind of giving you that, that brief outlook, I've got an opportunity to see a lot of businesses, coach a lot of business, consult a lot of businesses, that are um, all going through some of the very similar effects of having some sort of struggle around making sure that they continue to um, put in those pieces and uh, fulfill at the, at the granular level so that they can grow and take their business to the next level. So that's my quick sales pitch to you. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to like get all up in your business, but you did 2.2 million your first year at yeah. the recovery. So you just, that's, that's unusual, that's, that's quick. Yeah. So, and understanding that I think helps people maybe listen to this and, and think through this a little bit. Um, when, when you talk, what is an integrator? Like we're talking about integrators today and the importance of having one. What is an integrator traditionally? Yeah. So, I mean, not to be confused, like I, I, whenever I'm speaking with folks and trying to make sure that it's understood what I call an integrator versus, you know, or, or kind of my lead integrator, the person that's really going to um, head up the operation that's not to say that you don't have other integrators within the organization that aren't necessarily playing that lead integrator role, right? So I'll just make sure we're talking about the lead integrator. So that yeah, person, so from my perspective and being in that role before um, in multiple scenarios, is 
and making sure that that individual has a really good knowledge base of the different pieces of the business. And what I mean by that is the marketing, the sales, the operations, the finance, enough to be able to understand uh, the high level of each of those, um, those pieces of your business. And so if you, if you don't understand that and you're an integrator, it's going to be tough for you to be able to have those really good conversations and, and some of the, the critical problem solving that needs to take place. Um, within your organization and with your teams, if you don't end up having the breadth of knowledge that you need to have around each of those um, individual pieces of business. So I think the number one thing is you got to have a, you got to have a very good understanding of how all of it works. So my number one thing I say is you, as an integrator, you have to be a, you have to be an orchestrator of um, of operations, as well as the orchestrator of talent, right? You have to be able to understand how that works. Um, and then the next, the next thing that I think really makes a strong integrator is the ability to be able to uh, have a, a strong critical thinking and problem solving skill set. If you're the type of person that is, is uh, kind of usually looking elsewhere for their problems to be solved or for their answers to be solved, um, it's probably not something that you're, or you, or you think you maybe solve problems when in reality, you're just like band-aiding something up until you actually solve the root of, of issues. A lot of that is if you, if you are a true integrator, you have the natural skill set of, in almost like an obsession of being extremely um, problem solving and oriented. And that's, that's for me, it's, I'm trying to be the, the, where the buck stops here within the organization. If something comes up that no one else can solve, I, it falls on me to have to be able to solve that, right? Mm. Um, and then the last piece is the leadership piece. So um, you have to be a champion of people in that or in that type of role. You know, as a, a visionary and integrator dynamic, I know that's become proper terminology and and something more popular uh, these these days uh, with kind of identifying who's strong and what in what sense. Um, visionaries are usually a little bit more kind of at all costs. This is just what the vision needs to be. And this is what needs to happen. They kind of want the end product without some of the fine details needing to happen. <laughs> you know, and Sounds familiar the, to me for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not, not say that I'm not impatient or that I don't want the same things, but uh, people are your profit, right? Like pe people in the process, you have to be a champion of people. You have to understand that it, and it can't be faked. It can't be something that's like, oh, I'm going to fake like I care about you. Like you genuinely, not to say that you're always nice to people or that you're always going to be, you know, the cheerleader when, you know, when, hey, they're not meeting a sales number or they're not doing this. Like obviously there has to be accountability in the, in the organization, but that has to be the first thing that comes out of your, out of your, uh, your, you know, bag of tools is that you care about people more than, you know, you want the outcome obviously, but people are what's going to allow you to get to your outcome. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's kind of, those are my three things. If I was that's so good, that's so good. And so this is not something I said I was going to ask, but I think it is a very, it begs the question. If you are a visionary type person, let's say you're a little, you know, the, the age old ideas like that, it's a scatterbrained like mad scientist, like you're saying, like, or, or just very intense and maybe not always understanding there's going to be a lot of hard details here. Yep. And maybe they're used to having propped up by other people helping with the details. Um, but if you don't have a, an integrator yet, where do you find these people? I mean, you're talking about somebody that's got 
a lot of skills, a lot of skills. And, and like, let's say operations, sales, finance, and marketing, at least a, a broad understanding of them to be able to make orchestrate them together. And also they have to be able to play with people dynamics. Like, who is this person? How do you find one? Where, what do they come out of traditionally? Are they coming out of like, what, what did you go to school for? I was just a business major. I mean, I, is I graduated. Something, is that what they go to school for? Like, where, where are these <laughs> people come on? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, marketing and sales degree is what I have. So, uh, and what's funny is like, I'm, I mean, I, the, the branding importance of branding uh, and, and importance of sales processes is, is important to me, but I'm not a marketer and I'm not a salesperson. I'm kind of bad at both <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think so where you find those people, if I was to give you a short answer would be, you're not always going to find them. Um, a lot of times it's about kind of breeding them within your organization and finding that people have the skill set. I, I find that the best integrators are people that learn the quickest. So people that have the ability to like be told something once and then it's done and they never have to be told again because they understand how that works. That um, is a, that's a skill set that I, I really do believe that you're just born with. I think that that's not something that you, you can be a, I'm not a, like a book smart guy, for example, like for me, I'm not a guy that's like sitting there studying, you know, doing all this stuff. I'm better at like, okay, absorb the information, do it one time, know how to do it, know what to do next and what not to do next, and then just move forward. And so when you're breeding people like that inside your organization, if you, for example, if you're a company that is, you know, $5 million and you don't have a strong integrator presence and you're kind of, you're at that plateau of your business because you're kind of, you're very visionary led. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, there's good uh, culture around because of the vision that you're driving, but you're experiencing burnout or you're experiencing people kind of, you know, leaving you here and there because you're not really seeing that next growth phase for people to be able to go into because people want to grow. That's like anybody in, in life, human, um, whether you're in, you know, in the professional field of, of finance or, or sales or marketing or anything, like doesn't matter what you do, you want to grow. So, um, so I guess to answer your question as best I can, you're probably not going to be able to find those people um, just walking on the streets, finding that, hey, that person has all this different, you know, vast bit of knowledge to, to cover all the metrics of business, yeah. the way you need to understand all that goes. It's more of, uh, someone that has a desire within your organization that is a little bit OCD, a little bit perfectionist, a little bit of the like details nerd that you get that type of person in there and can grow, help them, help nurture them through understanding all the different pieces of the business. So that's one approach. And the second approach, obviously, is to, you know, just continue to do your networking and find people that are usually coming out of the more corporate structure background because people are used to structure when they are raised and, and grow in that. Uh, the trades business is unique because obviously there's a lot of guys that just kind of sling it and then they figure it out along the way. And usually um, well-established uh, corporate companies, you know, they, they have those systems in place. So. Yeah. It's, I appreciate that you say raise them up within the organization because I, I think that that leads to a better culture. It seems like, you know, and you tap somebody and throw a big salary at them. It's going to create, create a weird rift, yep. especially if you're not like, you don't have a bunch of investment or whatever. And it's so much context, right? Like a good integrator, I feel like has so much context on everything going on. Like you can't just immediately get context. It takes a while to understand all the dynamics in a particular company, even if you're super smart. So I think that just having a lot of context and everything going on makes a great integrator.
Yeah, and I want to speak to what you said just a little bit about the, uh, you brought up a great point, which was about kind of in putting someone in that role that's an outsider. How does that jive? I was put there very recently uh, with roofing.com. And so one of the things that I tell people, because obviously visionaries in general are, are people that are very driven entrepreneurs, they, they want to move fast. They don't, they don't really care about the collateral effects that happen. They just want to move fast. They want to be profitable. They want to, you know, they want to grow. They want to grow the empire, right? But when you do that, when you bring someone into the fold that isn't uh, native to the company and hasn't been in the company for a while, um, obviously there's companies out there that are, that are just getting started and like what's an integrator and, you know, they're doing a million, two million, whatever, they're making it work. And they, they, they don't, they aren't experiencing um, the, the seniority problems or the people problems yet. Um, but when you get to a place where you're, where you have people, um, one of the things that you mentioned, which was like, you know, bringing people up versus bringing them from the outside in. Um, one of the things that I coach on and really tell people very sternly as integrators that you have to make the interpersonal connections and ensuring that you are, um, you're putting again, people first when you first come in those doors and almost in a way kind of ask for the permission through your, through the effectiveness of the, of the work ethic and the, and the things that you're bringing to the company when you first come in to the fold, it's not to come in and like rec shop and change everything and make sure everything's fine-tuned and systemized, all sorts of stuff. You do that, you cause culture shock, people want to leave, people get pissed off, whatever. So my way is, and it's not like it's a bait and switch ordeal. It's, it's a very, organic and, and authentic transition is as you start integrating someone from outside of your organization, it's going to take that role. That's going to be the person that is leading the people, leading, leading the processes, leading all of the different departments. You have to make sure that you do it the right way as the visionary introducing them through edification is, you know, obviously is mm, important, yeah. but then also through the fact that they, as the integrator are coming in in with the right attitude and the right mentality, which is that I'm here to, to get to know these people first. I'm here to build those relationships first so that they trust me. And that's exactly what I did with roofing.com. And that's why we grew so, fa so fast and went so quickly with some of the initiatives we were working on is because I gained their trust very, very fast. And they knew that I was in their corner um, before I was in anybody else's corner. And I wasn't trying to do things out of selfish desire. I wanted them to be able to to see the the fruits of the labor that they were putting in they just needed a little bit more guidance you know what i mean so we don't need to spend a ton of time on this but can you be an integrator and a visionary at the same time and if you you know if you can or what are the drawbacks yeah um great question so yes you can um i think it's i forget where it's said maybe it was said in one of the books that um that Gina Whitman wrote, but because I know that's kind of his coined phrase, but um, something along the lines of you can be both, but you're usually better at one or the other, right? Um, just naturally. Yeah. Now, I've fought this really, really hard because I think that I have great vision and I know what I want to, to reap out of business and personal life, et cetera. But I also kind of get to where I'm the type of person that also wants to be able to see the work done and, and do the day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, people processes systems. Um, yes, you can. What I, what I explain to people is that the visionary integrator, um, the dynamic 
sure, but the actual personality of what that makes what that, that person who they what their makeup is, are they a visionary or are they an integrator? It's a continuum. It's not necessarily one or the other. Like it's not a black and white thing. Um, so obviously, you ask, ask the question like, can you be both? Yes. You know that if you're if you're you know far on this side as your visionaries and far on this side as your integrators and like the people that are absolutely like by the book don't don't care to do your your um your integrators that are usually like that though are usually a little more entrepreneurial they're not you know they're not a um um they're not a true entrepreneur mm-hmm. so uh, they're usually the people that they they don't want to be taking the risk they just want to do the work and have that guidance. So that polarizing effect is really, really healthy. When you could get a company that has a strong, strong visionary that's had to do some integration so they understand and empathize with it, but then they also don't, um, you know, really want to do anything with it anymore because they found that person. That's usually when things are very successful. You have um, this continuum. So if you're kind of a visionary that is more, you know, in this, like if you said, hey, dead center is like, you're a little bit of both or you're, you are a lot of bit of both you you want to make sure that you're you're establishing when you establish a partnership or you go into business with somebody that is a visionary and you're an integrator or vice versa that you understand the tendencies of both um, individuals and to understand that you need that counterbalance so if you're kind of mid-center and he's mid-center or he or she is mid-center, then it's it's usually better that way because then you can understand enough about each other. But if you got someone that's really visionary and then you're kind of like, you know, in the middle, uh, usually I found it have, you usually have more problems because yeah. you're battling against this, like, hey, I, I don't want to let the visionary piece go. And yet this guy doesn't understand at all what I'm dealing with because he, he just wants to move fast, right? Or whatever. So, so that's kind of the way that I explain it. But yeah, you absolutely can. I think you're just always usually better at one or the other, you know, so. I appreciate that. So, so that kind of leads into my next question, which is what are some of the common problems that come up with and between a visionary and integrator? Um, what have you seen? Like, let's say like roofing companies in particular, like what have you seen come up? Like where there's battles or infighting or things happening? Yeah. Um, the first thing, the, the thing that is the, the, the visionary integrator relationship is unique, but the one thing that will completely destroy it is lack of communication. Um, so that's the first and foremost important thing. Um, where you find that they fail is that they don't communicate that they um, that they want to essentially overbear one, one wants to overbear the other right you have someone that thinks that they know best for the organization you got another one person that thinks they know best for the organization but ultimately you know usually one person has the upper hand whether that be equity or whether it just be something that they 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 feel like they've they they know better right and then when you're not willing to be self-aware and you're not willing to understand that there's usually more forces in play than which I'm, I'm saying this obviously from an inter- integrated perspective, but there's certainly plenty of flaws that I could have if I'm, you know, having, to, if I'm more narrow-minded on something and I'm, and I'm not seeing the bigger picture and I'm just getting in the weeds with something too much, like that can usually be the tendency of an integrator is you're just not, you're not seeing the bigger picture. You're, you're in the day-to-day and you're just working in the weeds, but you don't understand this other big opportunity that we have if we decide to make a quick pivot with something, right? So hey, yeah. Kyle- reminds me of bands you know like you got a you got a singer and then they think like the guitar player or something is is interchangeable yeah and then they try to like swap it out and the band like fall like 
you got to watch that. And what, you know, do you think some visionaries think that the, the integrator is, is exchangeable? Yeah. I mean, I think what you find is, um, the usually visionaries, they're just, and I'm not saying this because I'm, I mean, I have that tendency too, but they're just one track minded. It's like at whatever cost it, it is, we just, we need to get to the finish line. Um, That's how I feel. I personally am that type. So you can say anything and I'll probably both <laughs> relate and feel a little offended, but it's probably true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Well, and I have those tendencies too. So I'll say that, you yeah. know, I, I think for me, my counterbalance is I always have to make sure that I, I mean, it gets, it is my second nature to put people first. So I always try to balance that dynamic, but, but, you know, that element, what you just explained right there, um, you know, where you're, you're saying, Hey, you know, is it, is it something where you're interchangeable and you, you're just kind of dispensable if you aren't willing to kind of get on board? Um, it does happen. And I think a lot of times what you find is that, your visionary that believes that the integrator is just kind of, they're almost just manning the operation, but not really in the fine details of everything. Um, you can find that, that that's not necessarily true and then find out that things start to kind of, you know, not necessarily fall apart, but you find that things start to go by the wayside or, or stuff starts getting, you know, forgot about. So you, you have to understand that those people, once you get them in your organization, that they don't, um, that those people are a consistent pulse for your company. Because those, I'm not saying like in, in, a, in an organization with like the CEO is a visionary and the COO is, a, is an integrator, I'm not saying that they're more important than the CEO, but they're certainly, certainly cause more of a ripple effect. Yeah. So that's why organizations, if you look at, you know, big companies, um, you know, big tech companies or, or any sort of, you know, corporate company, usually there's a CEO carousel. It's not as much a COO carousel. Mm. Um, and the reason being is because- They burn hot and they burn yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, well, and, they, and there's, there's, a, there's a very big ripple effect if the operational person is, is put, you know, put out because then, then obviously you get, a, you get a domino effect of some issues. So um, I want to answer your question directly that, yeah, I mean- that's certainly something that you'll find in businesses that that they look to be they look at them as dispensable or replaceable if you um, if you find that they're you know they're they're not doing what you want them to do but what I what I always tell people especially uh, folks that are that are more um, just hey whatever it takes type of minds um, take care of your people and invest in your people because they will, they're going to get you where you want to go. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's the key to the game, unless you're going to do it all by yourself, you can do it all by yourself and be a public figure or, you know, or, a, you know, some sort of like really a, a good marketer for, for a good period of time. But the thing is, is you have to have a team always like always yeah. going to need a team. So um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to move fast. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to really do anything of substance without good people on your team, for sure. I mean, like, I, you know, it's certainly, you know, a temptation for some visionary people that just go like the, the influencer route or whatever. Um, so what are some things like specific, as specific as you feel comfortable going to like staying on the same page? Cause you mentioned that's so important between the visionary and the integrator. So is there like a meeting pulse for the week that you've seen work in the past or what are the types of things that keep that, keep these two types of people on the same page and make sure that everything's going in the same direction. 
Yeah. So that's a great, yeah. So there's a, there's a thing that, so obviously meeting pulse, if you're, you're an EOS guy and obviously you, yes. you know that, um, those are, those are extremely important. I, I have kind of a, a multitude of different framework, uh, EOS like frameworks that I've been exposed to and have kind of gravitated toward certain, uh, ideologies and certain, uh, methods. Sure. Because, Share your ideology. Um, We're at the end of the podcast. So say however you <laughs> Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that they're, I'm not saying anything's wrong with them with a meeting polls yeah. and making sure that you're having everybody on the same page. Um, but those typically, you know, there's, there's a couple of things. One, you know, a lot of times those meetings aren't well attended by visionaries because visionaries hate meetings. That's kind of like the, the right. So, so yeah. a lot of times you struggle. So with, <laughs> sorry if I called you out there. I don't know if that's. A yeah, no, once again, really calling me out here. Like I'm just saying about me not attending meetings. They are boring. Man. <laughs> so the thing is, though, is that you have this, you know, uh, this desire as a visionary to institute your own and, and put forth your own um, opinions and your own uh, methods of which you think is the best route to be able to get something done because you want to move fast and you think this is the fastest way or whatever, right? Um, that's typically how it goes. Well, then when they're not in that meeting um, or they're, or it's at least not well attended on a regular basis and you're not in the day-to-day -day cycle, then then that's when you start having conflict. That's another reason why you have a conflict with your, with your operational person, with your integrator. So yeah. There's a, something called the Align Meeting um, that, that I've started to institute with some of our clients. And basically what it is, is it's a 60-minute uh, just CEO and COO or just a visionary and integrator or whatever you want to call it, uh, just them to once a week, 60 minutes. And then what that does is it it basically allows for you and you can you can execute the same type of meeting pulse if you want um, in terms of like kind of the, the, the schedule of that meeting and, and the things to be accomplished. The, the biggest thing and most important thing to know is um, as an as an integrator is what does the visionary want and what do they what would they like to see? And then just basically listen for 60 minutes and obviously provide your rebuttal and feedback as needed, but to try to just understand what, how they see things um, and to try to provide some sort of perspective and, and, um, and set proper expectations around what you think is going to be most effective from your day-to-day -day point of view, right? So uh, an aligned meeting is just essentially getting in alignment with one another once a week, 60 minutes. And I know it's a long period of time, but an hour goes by quick. I mean, you know, and, and when you're working through things, obviously visionaries have tendencies to be thinking about multitude of things. I'm guilty of it too. I have a little bit of that myself where it's like, hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this, whatever. Okay, cool. Well, then in that 60 minutes you're spending together, usually what happens is, they end up talking about a multitude of other ideas. Um, and then once you kind of get in the flow of doing those week in, week out, it'll kind of flush a lot of that like new idea energy out. And then it's like, okay, here's where we're at. This is, these are the realistic things we need to be, that we can get done and we need to get done. And how would you like to see those things executed? And the reason why you essentially have that type of partnership is because you need to respect as the integrator, respect the visionary just as much as you expect the same in return from them is that we, you both want the same thing. You both want the same outcome. 
you just both have different methodologies and process by which you go to do that. And so you just have to be able to have those, uh, those once a week meetings. And then obviously the, yeah, that's keeping the team in check, those meeting pulses or, um, you know, running some sort of like weekly win meeting, all of that stuff is, is extremely important. Another thing that I usually tell folks that are integrators that are trying to get some more, like not necessarily, um, more frequent touch because once a week is plenty if you're actually solving things within that meeting but integrators uh, in terms of providing clarity and understanding kind of some commitments from the teams and the departments is just scheduling like a really quick um, 10 minute um, briefing that that happens at the beginning of every day that's just a it's just a st in standing in meeting obviously if you're like a virtual company or something like that's a little different but just like if you're in an office or you're you know uh, out and about is basically just meeting with the heads of your departments uh, for for 10 minutes each each day. And then that way you can kind of get an idea of what needs to be accomplished and then maybe help provide some feedback or some insight of what they can do to help expedite it that if you feel like there's a better method of uh, approach. And then also just being able to kind of get that accountability so that people know, okay, I'm committing that this week or this day or whatever that I'm going to go through and actually get this stuff done um, so that the company can move forward. Awesome. All right, my yeah, man. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think we get, we covered a lot of ground today on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. I I know I already mentioned this, but we are planning on doing some kind of integrator mastermind for our clients. So each of the visionaries will have an opportunity to send a, a integrator and get some coaching. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that you'll be a, a guest speaker on one of those. I think you'd be very helpful. Um, and I also just want to proliferate this idea of integrator more in roofing. I think I, I think more people need to know this is a thing and to get one or to help their their the one that they already have get the help they need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Thank you. No, I was gonna say thank you for having me too, man. I mean, obviously I'm willing to help any way I can with with the education around that. So go ahead. Yeah. So hardline roofing, is it roofing and solar? Hardline solar, roofing yeah, it's, it's hardline solar and roofing, but it don't matter either way. <laughs> hardline solar and roofing, check them out. I'm sure it will do multi-million, multi-million the first year. You know, should, we're going to do some stuff. We'll see. What's that? Yeah. We'll see. I said we should. We'll uh, see. All right. I like that. And then talk to me about contractor network real quick. I know that that's something that you're working on right now. How can, uh, when will people be able to check it out and, and just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, contractor network uh, dot app. Uh, it is it is an, actually an application based uh, ecosystem. I'm trying to kind of consolidate it uh, in the best way I can to kind of give you the elevator pitch real quick. But essentially, it's to help folks collaborate with more of a community based tool, uh, getting off of Facebook and having a lot more of like a vetted community that is really geared toward being able to. Um, get the information and the knowledge that they need mm. within within specific avenues, whether it be retail, insurance work, commercial work, learning how to integrate solar or whatever. But it's not just specific to roofing. It's going to be for multiple niches. We're going to start in the roofing and solar space. Um, and then we're going to kind of work our way through um, as we build out the different versions. But uh, essentially kind of creating a multi, a, a tiered approach to consulting. So you can get the information you want, low touch, you know, low, in, low, low barrier of entry, you know, do something like $97 a month, something like that to actually get quality um, information from folks that have 
that are very well known in this industry, but then of course, across all niches as we build it out. And then um, to be able to create different levels of like kind of a mastermind level and then being able to do some one-on-one -on -one consulting as well. The goal with it being that we grow a community of strong, healthy, systematic businesses that can um, eventually be propped up and ready to be sold to a PE or publicly traded company or something that could allow for, um, for them to have that type of exposure, the due diligence process already gone, th gone through uh, because they have the correct financial processes in place. They have all the things that we're teaching are basically built around the four buckets, right? So the marketing, the sales, the operations, and the finance is all fine-tuned um, in that process. So a lot of things to come. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I've got a partner with that. His name's Garrett Bake. So um, he's, a, he's a guy from the mastermind, uh, excuse me, mastermind and consulting background as well. Uh, but it's kind of collaborating uh, and, and colliding two worlds to be able to build something that I think is really going to be really special. And folks like Cook Agency and some others uh, be able to to collaborate and to get involved with and kind of be the the preferred partner to be able to have folks that are that are delivering quality. Uh, tools to contractors. So that's kind of the whole, the whole shebang. I love to hear anything to do with community and creating more uh, kind of modernizing the construction industry. I mean, I'm all about championing that stuff. So I appreciate, appreciate you being on. Say the, the dot app one more time. Yeah. Contractornetwork.app. It's just right now, it's just like a coming soon website, but uh, it will what's be. The, uh, what's the timeline? So for version one should be out in less than 30 days. I actually was just finalizing my, yeah. my, my, my submission was finalized with, uh, well, not, excuse me, my submission, yeah, was finalized with the app store two days ago. I'm waiting on review. You know, sometimes that can be a little bit finicky, but things are ready. Um, and then version two will have a lot more uh, algorithmic and analytical based data. You know, we're not trying to be a CRM. We're not trying to do um, anything. We're not trying to compete in that market. Uh, and there's a lot of great solutions out there. We're just trying to create very good um, tools uh, around very sound methodology that can help people get the results they want to get from basically creating it to where it's super simple. They have on-demand content, like they'll have courses in there and stuff like that too, that they can learn. But then we also have a tool that they could use that can kind of do it all for them. So that's kind of the idea of it. So somewhere a little bit after Valentine's day, 2022 would yep. probably be up on the app store everyone. So check yep. it out if you're listening after that. And Man, thank you so much for hanging out. I mean, I just want to soak up more information on how to get visionaries and integrators better uh, better communication, better systems. So, man, thank you so, so much for hanging out. And it's good to know you. Thank you for being on. Sam, appreciate you, brother. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, it's hookagency.com. And see you next time.